0: Welcome everyone to The Big Kids Show. My name is Mark The Mace, and we're joined by two of your favorite big kids, Big Nick and Mr. B. Today, boys and girls, we will be playing Mm Rank'Em. This is where us big kids pick a topic, place votes, and put them into the big kid computer where the most complex algorithms known to man scramble the information (laughs) and print out the results of our votes in the ever popular countdown to number one. Now, a reminder here, that no one knows the outcome of the ranking today except for myself and said big kid computer. So, nobody knows what's going on except for me, basically. That computer doesn't know Jack. <laughs> now, before we get into deep, big kids, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Give us a ranking. Look us up on social media, Twitter, Facebook. Send us your thoughts, ideas, et cetera. We definitely appreciate you guys following us and um, everything you can do so, you know, for a, a subscription and ranking helps us out. So, now, it is my honor and privilege to introduce the honorary recipient of tonight's episode. That man is Mr. Samuel Leroy Jackson.
1: Hey, honey! What? Where's my super suit? What? Where is my super suit?
0: We're not worthy. Now, why would we put Samuel (laughs) Jackson for this episode?
1: You will know my name is the Lord. When I lay my fingers
0: <laughs> upon me. All right, Samuel, calm down. You already got the episode, man. As I was saying, Sam Jackson is a cultural icon and one of the most well-known actors of our era. Trust me.
1: Last time I
2: trusted someone, I lost an eye.
0: <laughs> Any other one-liners you want to throw out there, Samuel? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? What? I didn't mean to do that. Please, continue Well played, well played. (laughs) Now, trust me when I say this man has so many movies to his credit, it was difficult to narrow this down. Goodfellas, Patriot Games, Menace to Society, True Romance, Jurassic Park, and that only covers 1990 to 1994. He's worked with Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, Spike Lee, the list goes on. Most people can only hope to be as cool as Samuel L. Jackson is.
2: We're all going to be like three little Fonzies here.
0: Well, technically, there's four of us if we include you, Sam, but... Who's counting?
2: Correct the mundo.
0: Well, enough banter here. Let's get into the good stuff. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. The votes have been tallied, and we are happy to present to you the top-ranked Samuel L. Jackson films of all time. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Doing great.
2: I love doing this. great.
1: Yeah. I love this, and I'm going to be the first to admit, this guy's been in... Uh, Sorry, I should talk. I shouldn't talk like he's not here.
0: I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Sam, (laughs) it's all right, man. He knows.
1: knows. Uh, Mr. Jackson has been in so many movies that I... I I Say one again. I've... I've forgotten some of them you know when we had to, when we yep. had to send in our ballot, you know we're writing out this ballot uh scratching it out there, and I forgot how many movies Mr. Jackson has been in. Thanks to
0: every person that's ever bought a ticket to any movie I was in
1: um he's 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 an incredible actor, and uh, I believe they say he's the movies he's been in he's like the highest grossing actor once you factor all those movies but he's also been in like yeah well that's because there's there's been a a few thousand movies and he's been in like 90% of them I think
0: it's truly been an honor and a pleasure to entertain you
2: (laughs) good point no and that's uh, a testament to his ability and skill and yeah I he's just super recognizable I love his delivery I love his range you know whether he does comedy drama you know scary whatever so yes thank you for being on the show there buddy thank you governors for the recognition
0: i think that uh you know samuel jackson he, even when he has small roles he has an impact on the movie and that's kind of a testament you know he isn't he's not always the leading guy on these on these right. films and, and it's and always actually, memorable and
2: very rarely is he the leading guy i mean kind yeah. of if we look at a lot of the uh filmography i mean he's not always like the top build actor even though absolutely. he is awesome
0: steals the show and just basically kicks ass yep absolutely all right well let's get into our list so what we did is we took our top 10 um, i'm going to roll down through those uh, the top six will probably go into a little more detail but coming in at number 10 we actually have the one and, uh well, I won't say the one and only, but we've got a tie. We've got a tie at number 10. And that would be Goodfellas and Coming to America. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> two two very good options. I actually almost forgot that he was in Goodfellas, and I had to go back, and I forgot that he was, unfortunately, the guy that got shot in the back of the head. But <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and when we did this, like, he has a
2: very small role. He played stacks. Like he played guitar, yep. and he was he was part of the uh, Latanza heist. Yep. Um, but yeah, just I mean, when we talk about ranking movies, like how do you not talk about Goodfellas? I mean, even if your role's yeah. teeny, you're like, I was in
1: Goodfellas. What were you in? Well, and Nick well, would
0: disagree, according to his last uh, No uh, Phones with Gangster well, movies. I, but- I was going to say, actually, <laughs> I.
1: I Did not remember him being in Goodfellas, but as you both know, I've not seen Goodfellas since 1999, so um, (laughs) no fault of my own there. Yeah, well,
2: I I think he played the guitar in the bar, and then they had him be like the driver, and then the driver, yeah. They capped him in the head uh, afterwards, but
0: yeah. Love that. So that was a good one. So then coming in at number nine, this was one that I completely forgot about. Mr. B, I think this was actually on your list and was pretty high on your list. That was Sphere came in at number nine and that was a great movie i don't know how i forgot that he was in that movie
2: sphere so so sphere was uh like this there was this like underwater uh like research team okay and and so he was part of that and like there was this whole like unknown kind of thing that was they were trying to track and it like just affected the crew they're underwater and it was like I don't even know how to describe it really, but I love that. Movie creepy. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was not super popular, but like, I remember yeah. I, I somehow just stumbled upon it and watched it once. And I've watched it a few times now.
0: Um, but again, kind of reminded have- me of that movie, the abyss. Because they were yeah, both kind of cool. the underwater, you know. But yeah, that was a good one. Actually, when you sent that in, I went and checked out a few of the clips, and I was like, oh man, Because I had seen the movie and completely th- forgot about it. So
1: Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, I forgot all about that. Yeah, movie. yeah. not like a it young
2: was a Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, because it was a pretty early movie, but it was kind of like this ninety-eight underwater yep. kind of. Th- and it affected them and it changed how they acted with each other and it just kind of created this chaos. Plus, imagine you're in this like basically bubble underwater kind of enclosed away from everybody. So, Sphere, check it out. I I had it very high, but again, my movie tastes are much more – you know, hi- higher end than you guys. So, <laughs> like a
0: fine wine. <laughs> I also like Dumb and Dumber. All right. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. There we go.
1: I've seen Sphere there, so just calm down, there.
0: Buddy. Calm down, buddy. Calm down. What? All right. So, so coming in. Say what again? <laughs> so coming in, number seven. In <laughs> that wasn't me. That was Samuel. Uh, at number seven, we uh, we have a tie because we're going to skip eight because we have two sevens. And these were a little surprising um, that they fell out of our top six. But tied at number seven is Django Unchained and Unbreakable. Wow. Those two could not make the top six cut. They uh, they, they fell to the cutting room floor, so to speak.
1: And it wasn't because of me, people. I know that I sent in a high (laughs) vote for Unbreakable, as I've mentioned several times on this show already. Unbreakable is one of my favorite movies, and I personally believe it is the best movie or one of the best comic book movies of all time. So
2: basically it was me and Mark that really screwed that one up. Yeah. yeah, yeah basically. Thanks a lot, it, guys. It, yeah.
1: And
0: if you remember, Big Nick, we had the conversation. I had not seen that movie uh, when we brought that movie up in one of our previous episodes. I have since seen that movie. Um, it was good. I did enjoy it, but it didn't make my top. <laughs> yeah, You know I, who it, loved Unbreakable
1: is... The weekend he gets all of his fashion tips from Mister Glass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: true, true fact. Well, <laughs> and, and, and going back to Django Unchained, I mean, when we did our uh Quentin Tarantino rankum, obviously that was a high movie. Yeah, but I think when I was doing my rankums, it was hard to put him high on that film because I didn't really like his character. Maybe that's why yeah. I don't know. I, I know you're not supposed to do that, but some he a little bit, bit of like,
0: a different type of character in Django. Agree, yeah. sure. Yeah, so, for sure. Again, so. and that,
2: but that's why I love we're doing our own rankums. We're not, you know... Exactly. Who knows? exactly. We're, we're, all, we're, we're three big kids in the treehouse just kind of throwing we'll, stuff around.
0: We'll see if uh, Mr. Jackson gives us the thumbs up or punches us in the face at the end of this episode. So... <laughs> all right. So let's get into our top six here. So coming in at number six, we have The Hateful Eight. Ooh. So... We've talked about this in previous episodes. I, I won't go too far in length about this one, but anybody who hasn't seen it before, A, go watch it. Amazing movie. Um, so it's set in the town of Red Rock, post-Civil War, Wyoming. Um, Kurt Russell, who is a bounty hunter, he's got a prisoner, J, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. They come across another bounty hunter, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, who claims to be a sheriff and then they all get stuck in this kind of wintry mountain pass with a blizzard and um, there's four, you know, four strangers already there. So basically it ends up all these people in a cabin, Um, which like, I remember it took me a while to see this one. (laughs) I remember hearing the description and just kind of being like, ah, really? But then it's like, it's Tarantino. So, once you start watching it and once it really gets going, it's a little slow in the beginning. I'll admit, the beginning's a little slow. But once they get in, man, it's an incredible movie. Uh, it came out in 2015. It cost between 44 and $62 million. I saw varying degrees, but it doesn't really matter because it made $156 million. Um, so they made plenty of cash on this one. Um, but Hayfoy was, was awesome. That was a great movie. And Samuel L. Jackson was... I feel like it allowed him to be his natural, not a-hole, but just like abrasive (laughs) self, right? Like very abrasive. Oh, man. (laughs) Almost kind of reminded me of the character from Pulp Fiction a little bit where he's just like, don't give a fuck. (laughs) I'm a a badass
2: and I don't care. Yeah, exactly. That's how I live my life. (laughs)
0: so yeah this one was interesting because they actually filmed this on they call it ultra panavision 70 millimeter film so they actually had to reformat 96 theaters um the the first ones that released it it cost them eight to ten million just to retrofit the proper projectors (laughs) to play this on the type of film that he recorded it which is kind of crazy so basically is that Um, tantiro
2: just tantiro being kind of a to the movie
0: theaters <laughs> i guess so i mean hopefully they covered the cost i mean oh, you guys you want know. to show
2: my film you have to buy a bunch of stuff
0: <laughs> exactly well it's it's so it was the first one to shoot in that format since uh 1966 from the release of the movie i'm sure everybody knows kartum k-h-a-r-t-o-u-m and that's big my dick's favorites. favorite movie yeah, well, um, it's only Tar- the eleventh film in the history of cinema to use that seventy millimeter film,
1: I, and I have uh, no idea what that Carton movie is. But uh, you know, Tarantino, I I think that he said he wanted to do like a spaghetti western type feel with with yeah. this Django Unchained, and it and it was um, it is kind of lost on this generation, right? But uh, you, you know, and here's the thing too: Samuel L. Jackson is seventy three years young. And and I say seventy-three you years young because the man does not look seventy-three. Oh, no, first of all. Not. And second of all, I'm in my I'm in my early 40s. I'm trying to get his physique at my age. Okay. <laughs> so maybe he could drop some tips on me. Maybe maybe you have to save a plane from from snakes infiltrating <laughs> it to to look like that, look that good. I don't know. But you know, people go, well, uh and Mr. B, you hit on it earlier. You said this guy has such a a good range, a a vast range, if you will. And that's probably why he's been in so many movies. And I mean, who's going to turn down good work? This is a hardworking guy. And so, uh, you know, he's kind of known for his more abrasive, his more aggressive roles. You know, he's kind of the sorry, air quotes, quote unquote, angry black man uh in a lot of these movies and people probably wonder where that comes from when they see a guy that's 73 in his 60s what have you in these different roles and this dude was i mean he grew up um in in a situation with the civil rights movement and he was close to uh i believe he was an usher at the martin luther king's junior's assassination correct and so uh you know he 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 experienced that in real life, and and we've talked about this before. I'm a big believer in in write what you know, act what you know, and 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 make it easy on yourself. And I think that sometimes when we're seeing him play these angry roles, it's easy for him to go there because I think he experienced that at some point in his life, and he either witnessed it yeah. or was that guy in some different form or fashion.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, you know, and it, it, I mean, he grew up with a single mother, which is difficult in and of itself. And he's he went through things. I know it, they, when I was doing research and the big kid research team was looking into it, he had been bullied a lot in high school. He had a little bit of a speech impediment, which he jokes that cursing a lot helped him get over that. I mean, the guy definitely had challenges that he's overcome. And I mean, at 73, I'd expect him to look just like the character he played in Django Unchained. Yeah, right. they, had,
2: they had to make him look older, even yeah. though he, he was like, the correct age.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's crazy. The guy's like timeless. But uh, but no, I mean, in, in this movie, like I said, I really feel like he got to truly play himself. And it's, it's kind of funny because, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, and it's 2015, I'll give you guys a little bit of leeway, uh, but spoiler alert. When he dies at the end in the original draft he was supposed to die a much grislier fate than he actually did so remember he gets shot in the groin and then they oh, kind yeah. of they kind of you know lead on that he bleeds out well in the original draft he was supposed to be shot several times by Jody from beneath the floorboards until he fell to the floor and then an unshackled Daisy was supposed to slide across the floor grab a gun and then shoot him twice between the eyes so I mean, he was supposed to really take it bad. Luckily, Quentin Tarantino went light on him and just shot him in the crotch instead. But uh, poor, poor Samuel.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather <laughs> get shot in the
0: face than in the crotch. But Yeah, I guess maybe that's true. Uh,
1: yeah. Mr. Jackson has become the guy, like when Tarantino's putting out a new movie, you're you're going, okay, what role will Samuel
0: Jackson play? Like, like, on like the call Tarantino
1: list. can't do a movie without Jackson. No. Absolutely.
0: And I think it would feel weird without one. So I think so. I would be disappointed. Well, either way, let's wrap that up. Number six, H- The Hateful Eight. Awesome movie. Uh, Let's move to our number five. So coming in at number five, we have Jurassic Park. Hmm.
2: <laughs> yes. And we've talked about Jurassic Park probably way too much in, than we <laughs> ever should have. So. But, it's so, that
0: good of a movie.
2: Yeah. I mean, Samuel Jackson played... um. I'm blanking on his name now. Of Ray Arnold. He was like the computer guy. Ray Ray. And you, yeah, and if you guys remember the the Dick Ether computer guy, Wayne Knight Newman, Newman, <laughs> who played Dennis Nedry <laughs> is the whole one that screwed up the whole movie, right? Cuz he was trying to steal oh, out some man. embryos or whatever. Um, but again, when we were ranking movies, I was like, how do you not put like maybe one of the greatest movies of like our generation, Jurassic Park, on there? So even yeah. though his his role was relatively small, he did a great job. He played an IT guy perfectly. You know, he, he kind of even showed a lot of IT stuff in terms of like you know cracking code and all this stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, Jurassic Park. I mean, that movie is awesome just by itself, and he just he fits the role like almost to where you might not even remember he was in it because it was so
0: good. Like it was just. I don't. I don't know how to how to describe that. But. He he comes off as like sophisticated with the edge that you would expect Samuel Jackson to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like he he's he is the IT type guy, and he's got to fix the hacking. Which, of course, you know, at one point, he's like, "I hate this hacking shit." But and it's Newman's face on there. Going, ah, ah, ah. But well, uh, hey,
2: and Mark, you being a fellow person that knows a little bit about computers so i I, I dug in a little bit here so obviously there's not much we can go into address park besides that you know it's a great movie but yeah um apparently in the film they used the unix based system right so um the kind of funny thing is as a contractor the guy that played uh newman (laughs) we'll just call him newman right (laughs) he was just a contractor he would have a password whatever but he wouldn't have overall override to the system. Yes. So yes, that was something that can, kind of came up. They're like, Hey, there's a whole other plot already that they could have just fixed that. And yeah, that would have been,
0: unless he's a really good hacker and he could have gotten a, uh, there's been some contractors that uh, have done Dushé, some damage. Dushé. So it's, it's possible, you know,
2: but if you got a, a super deep track is, so I played uh, uh the baritone slash euphonium in eighth grade deep track, we played the uh, theme song to Jurassic Park in 8th Grade Band. Wow. Shout out, shout out to Park Street Middle School. That is deep track. Deep track. Deep Super track. deep. Yeah. Very and nice. And
0: it's very nice.
2: I mean, I don't really have much more to say about Jurassic Park besides that. Oh,
0: so. I thought you
1: were going to say about 8th Grade, but go ahead.
2: 8th <laughs> yeah, Grade was awesome. But so if you guys remember, like they're doing the tour, right? And very early on they go to the tyrannosaurus rex like kind of exhibit yeah the thing, just think about that if it's a tour why would your second stop be the tyrannosaurus rex shouldn't that be like your last stop so a little a yeah. the hole in the plot there because again the guy that was the person like kind of showing the place off if he's a showman you build up to your best exhibit. Save you don't, like, it for
0: last. Yeah, yeah, you don't throw
2: the Tyrannosaurus Rex at your number one, and at the end, you got a bunch of snakes and shit.
1: Hey, maybe those are hints that we're already seeing the chink in the armor. Right, that the, the, there's a flaw in the system that this is going to break at some point with all these little little details yeah, that they seem that to get wrong on the island. That
2: could be, but I, I didn't even think about that till I kind of I, I read that and I kind of thought of the movie I was like, yeah, like. They're kind of cruising through, and like the next exhibit's like Trainosaurus Rex. Like, oh, number two, you're seeing the highlight of the whole show.
0: <laughs> so, when Mr. B opens his Jurassic Park, he will not have the T Rex second. He will definitely hold it for last. <laughs> yeah, it'll be last, of course. <laughs> That's what it's I'm hearing. It's, it's in the works. Uh, yeah. 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 Price, Coming Price. to an island near you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Hopefully, it's not too close. <laughs> Big Dick Big will be director of security. <laughs> alright, alright. So let's move on to number four. At the number four spot, gentlemen, we have, and I am so glad this made it into the top six. So glad, in fact, that once we actually picked, um, I went back and re this movie because it's that good. It was The Negotiator. Oh, so yeah! This movie, I had in my top three. Um, so obviously coming in at number four, it's pretty close. Um Big Nick, I know you had it up there as well. This movie, I had completely forgotten about until I had almost gotten my list complete. And this actually did a bump job to quite a few other movies that are out there. Um, so this one is based on... So this one, he actually is pretty much the lead character. Um, right, he's one he's of the Danny le- Roman. So he's considered one of the best police hostage negotiators that's in Chicago. And he's got his partner that warns him that there's some embezzling of the disability fund and his partner, long story short, ends up getting shot. Danny Roman is getting blamed uh, for this. And then as a result, he goes up to talk to some of the guys from internal affairs that he thinks are involved with it, ends up taking them hostage and... Refuses to negotiate with anybody except for Chris Sabian, played by Kevin Spacey, um, and it literally is negotiator versus negotiator. Um, it's an awesome movie. I mean, I, when even when I rewatched it, I forgot how good it was. Um, it was released in nineteen ninety eight, cost about forty three million to make. It brought in eighty eight million worldwide, um, which is pretty good for ninety eight. I mean, it it, it wasn't that's, you know that's double a, a your money, yeah. But uh, the opening scene, so I don't know if you guys remember this movie very well, but the opening scene where it's him talking on the other side of a door and inside this apartment, there's a guy with a shotgun with the uh, the, the barrel of the shotgun against a little girl on the floor. And he's insisting that his wife be brought there so she can watch him blow his own head off. It's really, really messed up. But, it involves Samuel Jackson talking this guy to the point where he's able to get inside the apartment, work him away from the little girl. The SWAT team comes in behind, is able to get the little girl out. And then he's got a sniper team across. I mean, it is crazy tense. Crazy tense. So this is...
1: A situation when you do not use the keanu reeves method of shoot the hostage
0: yes yes that would be a fair that's fair at least
1: one, one instance right right I, I actually think maybe you should never shoot the hostage like yeah you know maybe maybe we just toss speed out and nobody watched that movie
0: exactly well and it's it's funny because there's a guy named farley that is also kind of a negotiator in training. And when Samuel Jackson takes everybody hostage, he's the one that they put on the phone and basically doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So he gets on and he keeps saying no. And Samuel Jackson's like, say no again. Oh. <laughs> say no again. <laughs> he basically starts saying, like, asking How him all these crazy you? questions. He's like, you can't say no, you know, whatever happens. So he starts asking him, like, did you cheat on your wife? And the guy's like, oh, uh, I'll look into that. Uh, I'll have to see. You. Uh, and then he's like, all right, let me ask you this. Did you ever dress up like a little girl and get your ass spanked? And the guy's like, oh, uh, I'll have to see. I'm not really sure right now. I'll have to take a look into that. Just like, And the guy's in front of all the police people, like his chief and all the SWAT guys, embarrassing the hell out of this poor guy. But It's funny because the contrast from him talking to this guy to when Kevin Spacey comes in, Chris Sabian, and just the showdown of two different negotiators. It's a really interesting premise for a movie of two experts in their field having to square off against each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so, so amazing movie. All right, so that's our number four. Let's get into number three here, gentlemen. Coming in at number three, we've got... A favorite of mine as well this would be with our good buddy bruce willis mm-hmm. in die hard with a vengeance
1: <laughs> yes and i tell you what this movie th- with the, the character that he plays zeus um I, right i forgot zeus so it's super weird right because uh, so he plays zeus carver and I don't know if he like owns this pawn shop or like a gadget shop or what have you but he he owns this this store in Harlem and I swear to you that this role was like written for samuel jackson to play like i there there is no one better to play this role like it's the right it's the right amount of brilliance it's the right amount of tough guy it's the right amount of wit it's the right amount of humor i mean it's it's he is this guy like i the first time i watched this movie i only remembered seeing samuel in a handful of of smaller roles um and this is a 1995 movie so we're going kind of way back here yeah and Zeus Carver, I I I left that movie thinking that oh that guy's name must be Zeus Carver like that's who he is like they didn't create a character they just called up Zeus Carver and said hey come and play this this role I I mean you could not play a role any better and the role was a very cool one at that like uh, his character was very cool Bruce Willis of course he's this is number three in the Die Hard series and we've said this before gents that sometimes we think that. Uh, you know, with these rankums, it it, it it tends to, the the movie tends to overtake the role on occasion. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those occasions in my mind. Um, I think the role here was, I enjoyed the Zeus Carver character so much and how well he played Zeus that I wasn't convinced that, uh, John McClane was the main character by the time the movie was over. <laughs> yeah. It was very, it got very 50 once, yeah. 50 once John McClane shows up in Harlem. Now, of course, the whole movie at the beginning is is Bruce Willis, but once yeah. he shows up in Harlem, it's 50 50 from then on out. And, um, show. and you know agreed. what? Big shout out to another great actor, Jeremy Irons, who plays Simon oh. Gruber or whatever oh, his yeah. name is. Yeah. Um,
2: Simon says that dude.
1: I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, um shoot the name the name is uh I've I've lost the name here dig dig deep uh, Nothing. I not di- I'm on cold medicine <laughs> right now so uh we're, <laughs> we're not getting any uh, de- deep dives here how
0: deep can you go
1: right but uh no I this was a movie that was It's kind of weird when you think about it, right? Like you have this terrorist who's going to play all these games like, oh, I'm going to set this trap up and you have to solve this problem and solve this riddle. Simon Simon says, (laughs) right. And I'll tell you what. When you look back on a movie like this and and a story like this, how absurd it is. Like, wouldn't the terrorists just go and blow up whatever it is that they want to blow up or, you know, do whatever horrible act that they want to do? They don't they don't send these guys off on a wild goose chase and make them (laughs) dance and sing until the end and and solve all these riddles and problems. But then you wouldn't have a good movie as silly as that is. I myself love a nice scavenger hunt. I love a nice riddle. So I love movies like this as absurd as they are. I mean, think about it. It it makes me think of, like, Legend of Zelda, right? Where he's like, (laughs) I have to save the princess because she's been captured and will probably be killed. But... Hold on, princess. I'll get to you in a few minutes. I got to catch 14 chickens so I can get a glass bottle. <laughs> You're right. You have all these absurd little chores that you have to do well before played. you get to the end. Well but I'll tell you what, this movie well is a must watch. And I, I do not want to get, please, please do not crucify me for saying this, anyone. This is actually my favorite one in the Die Hard series. I love I love this uh, one. I love the wild goose chase. I good, love though. the scavenger hunt. I love the addition of Samuel L. Jackson. And again, he owns that little store. And he he's like the wise guy, right, in Harlem, where he knows that yeah. the only did, did they, true... Didn't he, keep, didn't he keep calling him the Samaritan? The only true, well, he knows the only true way out of like the inner city for these young kids and for anyone is through education. Right. And that's like, that's kind of the basis of his character when he's talking to his sons, I believe that it is. It's early in the movie. But uh, if you haven't seen this one, you got to watch this one. And I got to believe that uh, this is probably one of you know, you wonder, right? You you wish that uh, Mr. Jackson was actually here for us to ask him what his choices would be, because I I always thought this would be one of his favorites. But at the same time, he fits the role so well. I wonder if it was just one of the easiest. You know what I mean? Like just an easy, <laughs> like easy for him to go in and play this role. It was like the, easy, the, yeah. easy six weeks. I'm done. The smart, intelligent, but I'm tough when I need to be tough kind of guy. That's I mean, that's when I think of Sam Jackson. That's. I think
0: of this this role. Yeah, he, he did fit that one to a T, and I, I'm with you, Big Nick. I mean, I think this one. I, I think the original probably is still my favorite. Yeah, mean This yeah. one, this one is literally right there. I mean, it's, it's very that good. good. And I mean, I think it's, I think the way that him and Bruce Willis play off of each other. Um, yes. But then, like you said, I mean, just Samuel Jackson. I mean, and this is this isn't even just this movie. He just brings so much to the table and so much so many different angles that he can provide to a movie um, that in this one, I feel like it's shine from a lot of different directions. So yeah, this, this one is well-deserved to be in the top three.
2: And I agree with everything you guys said. Yeah. It's I, I, that might be my favorite one as well in the Die Hard series because of how they played off each other. So awesome yep. movie and big Nick, you said it perfectly, buddy. Great job.
0: Absolutely. damn right. I said it perfectly <laughs> All <laughs> right well, let's move up to our number two then um and man i'm I'm super psyched this one made top two. This is this might be my favorite Samuel L. Jackson movie. So coming in at number two, we have a time to kill oh so yeah so this made top three for all three of us top two for two out of the three yeah. of us so so time to kill, which Based off a
2: John Grisham book, also titled "A Time to Kill." Uh, this was released in July '96. Um, again, doing some research, the budget was somewhere around forty mil, give or take. Box office one hundred and fifty plus, give or take. But uh, if anyone hasn't seen this or read the book, premise of a small black girl was raped by these white guys and the father shot and killed them. As he should. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he, of course, is taken to trial. And this is, of course, in a town of Canton, Mississippi, which you can imagine how that would play out. Um and then a lot of it is tied with the court proceedings that happen, which you know, his attorney is played by Matthew McConaughey. Hey, 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 uh, hey, hey, th- there's, hey. there's a lot of actors in this Sandra Bullock's in it uh, Samuel Jackson of course he plays Carly Haley the father that kills these people that I mean if I had a daughter and someone raped them I would shoot you in the face and I don't even care what would happen mm-hmm. um, Oliver Platt uh, Charles S. Dutton Donald Sutherland Keith R. Sutherland I mean there's a lot of great actors in this but it's a very to me it was a very intense movie you know, I mean, yeah. you're, talk, you're yes. talking about yeah. I mean, it's it's Gun not like it, it's, it's yeah, and um, in, in a very like a uh, like court based film. Mm-hmm. Like I I, I kind of like those, especially the ones that are real intense, like you know attorneys battling and all this stuff. Um, yeah. and if you haven't seen it, I, I God, please go watch it. It's just if anything, it's worth watching just to get your perspective on it. But um, I mean, of course, the infamous line is what. Big Nick or Mark, you guys hit me with the infamous line. Yes, they deserve to
0: die, and I hope they burn in hell.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And that's exactly yep. it. And like, probably the toughest scene to hear, but also the most amazing scene is so his attorney, Matthew McConaughey, is at the end of kind of like wrapping up the case. And all he, right.
1: All right. All
2: right. Yeah. All right, all right. He, he describes the rape. Of the dog. Oh, yeah. you know, oh yeah. Like I very rude. Oh, it's like it's it's tough to even watch. And then at yeah. the end he says, now imagine she's white. Yep.
0: Yeah, that was a powerful yep. line, man. And that was really like powerful. just
2: like like I mean, if you don't get chills or at least feel something, then you might be a robot. I mean you're dead like inside. You know. Yeah. 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 So it's I mean, it's just a very intense movie. I actually, I honestly, I've never, I didn't read the book. I'd never read the book. I know some people yeah. have, and I, I, I think initially, um, John Grisham wasn't really wanting to sell the rights of the book to, as a film. Yeah, but then, but then he ended up selling it for six million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes it easier. You got me. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> we're like, we'll buy it for six million. He's like, sold. So, what, hey, uh, what was I saying? Well, here, here's what's crazy. So, you know how much they paid Sandra Bullock for her role? How much? Six million dollars. <laughs> Are you serious? So oh she didn't God. even play like a top three actor and she got. Yeah, that's crazy. But Well, uh, and
0: I think, I mean, for good reason, because I feel like with that type of movie, it could turn into a bad lifetime movie if you're not careful. You know what I mean? No offense to Lifetime movies, but some offense to Lifetime movies. Of course. (laughs) You know, I mean, you don't want that type, that powerful of a message and that powerful of a story to come off lame or cheesy or anything like that. And it did not. And not even in any remote way. So Exactly.
2: And like, so again, our big kid research team is badass. And they... Uh, So when Grisham, John Grisham signed that deal, he said, he's like, I want casting approval. So Mm. they initially, they wanted Woody Harrelson to play uh, the attorney. Really? And he was was like, nope. And and shot that down. And then actually, I guess another contender was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, excuse me. I think
1: both of them could have pulled it off. Not, I mean, not not to... You know, put down yeah, what McConaughey possibly. did. McConaughey but again, was great. It,
2: I would imagine this was probably a production nightmare when the author of the book is also involved. Just because, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he probably spent years writing this book, and like, you guys want to make a film? I want to be part <laughs> of this, and I'm going to tell you what to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it's a it's a it's a powerful film. It's one that it's probably hard to watch multiple times, in my opinion, because it's, yes, it's I mean, heavy. It's, Yes, yeah, yeah. perfect words. It's heavy. I mean, it's in, in
1: a- the words of Michael J. Fox. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy.
2: Whoa! What's happening in the future? It's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but so there is only one thing. Like you know, it's not really a fun fact. More of like a odd thing with a movie uh, is. So if you remember at the end, he ultimate spoiler. Alert, if you haven't seen a movie from '96, then too bad. Um, he ends up getting uh, acquitted. By reason of insanity, right? Yeah. Okay. But if you guys remember in the film, like he's acquitted and like the next day, he's like having a cookout with his family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the way the legal system works is it doesn't work that way. Like if you are found not guilty by insanity, you have to go through a mental health assessment process and it takes some time. Like they don't don't just say, cool, cool, you're insane. See you later Throw a party. Yeah, Go so, a
0: party. Well, that
1: there was, was so, a long time ago, though. Too a lot of things have changed,
2: right? Well, I, th- I think even back in the nineties, it was still the same thing. Like if you were found I'll guilty by the, the reason criminal
0: sandy, over here, yeah,
2: you, you don't <laughs> just, just walk out the door like, like, hey, I'm I'm insane because I killed somebody. Cool, we'll see you tomorrow. Oh and no, I, I, you guys I'm are both. Afraid, I was like thinking
1: it. that it took place at uh, an earlier time period. I'm well, sorry, so, I mean, it's a so long time since I've seen the.
2: I think the book was supposed to be in the. 80s, like 80s, the late 80s, right? yeah. Um, I mean, the yeah, you're was, right.
1: You're still, you're still, uh, there's still a long evaluation process. Uh, uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, you don't, you don't just walk out the door. They're like, all right, you're not guilty, but you have to be kind of. We have to make sure you're yeah. not going to hurt somebody else. And so that mm-hmm. was kind of one of the flaws. Again, it makes for a better movie because it's not a very fun movie if he's like in treatment for mm-hmm. six months and then he's finally <laughs> leaves, right. Yeah, for sure, but. Sure. I love that movie. I mean, that was again, that Great was movie. my number 2 and just it's it's powerful and I mean, all you have to do is put yourself in the shoes of if what if somebody did something like that to your daughter, what would you do?
0: Mark- yeah, and I think with uh with me, I mean, I remember watching that before I had kids. And yes. it was hard to watch then. I mean, it was yes. hard to watch before I even have a kid. Now I have a daughter that is approaching the age of the girl. I don't know. I don't know if I could rewatch it because those types of movies now. I write kids and stuff happen and I just can't I can't stomach them because they physically make me sick. But that one, I mean, I just remember walking away. So what year did that come out? Uh, Mister B? 96. So I was in high school when that came out. And I remember as a high school kid, it was a punch in the gut, right? Like when right. nothing was serious. And I, I turned that off and probably went to Beavis and Butthead. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. So like, it's not like I was like a mature, you know, as a high school kid, I remember thinking, damn, like that's, that's well, heavy. Marcus, I would hurt people if they touched your daughter. That well, and that's
1: yeah, and that's yeah. exactly right. And I, I yep. totally get it, Mark. You know, you wouldn't be able to watch it with a, with a daughter that same age i mean it was hard enough to watch it back when mm-hmm. and imagine it happening to somebody else's kid yeah. And so yeah i mean it's a Absolutely. very very powerful mo- movie um and his role is a very powerful one of course it that's if that's one of those ones in this rank them in this list if you i mean there's a lot right here if you haven't seen them, go watch them but that's like a must you know, Agreed. if you if you if you enjoy some courtroom drama, if yeah, you can exactly. if you can power through, you know, civil rights stuff is g- gets a little difficult oh. to watch sometimes because we, you get, ang- I, get angry. I get angry. I get yeah, angry me, when me, I see people me, mistreated me, and you. then and then factor in the severity of the the story and the situation. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a but it is a
0: powerful movie. It, it is. really is. Yeah. And I his mean, role think- was a powerful one. And everything that I said, I mean, even with all that said, it's seriously a must watch. I mean, I, I think that, you know, that it, it's definitely one that if you haven't seen, for sure, as you said, Big Nick, go check it out. So, all right. Well, that's our number two. Let's move it on to our number one, gentlemen. The big reveal. Ooh, the big number one. What is number it? Number one. All right. So. Snakes on a plane. I don't know how many people are going to be surprised at this one. <laughs> but, uh. Let's just say you don't get a free Royale with cheese with it. And that number one is <laughs> going to be Pulp Fiction as the number one movie of Samuel L. Jackson's career.
1: So here's the thing. Number one rankum of Samuel L. Jackson's career. I think that if we did a rankum of any role played by uh, play to a T, top 10 that this would make the top 10 so samuel jackson plays jules winfield right uh he's he's a criminal but he is like the most badass <laughs> awesome criminal like if i could be a criminal that's who i want to be i want to be Ju- jules winfield um, hey yeah.
2: hey big dick what's your wallet say it's the one that says, bad-ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, you know, his partner in crime that he works with most of the time is John Travolta. And this, I mean, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, One of my favorite roles of all time. And it's sad. It's a little sad. So he does win the Oscar, the Academy Award for Best Supporting Character or Best Supporting Role um, with with this movie, Pulp Fiction. But it's. It's another one of those movies where you go, okay, I get it. Like Travolta's in the movie longer than he is. Bruce Willis is in there a little bit longer than the Jules character is. But he's my favorite character out of the whole movie. And I'm like, he should have won the damn the damn Oscar for for uh leading man. Well, and <laughs>
2: the the problem sometimes with Tarantino films is he doesn't always have a leading character. Like right. they all kind of like, especially Pulp Fiction, there's like 12 leads.
1: hateful eight you don't know who the i mean other than kurt russell you're like okay he's got a little bit more screen time than the others and you're like all right i get it but yeah yeah, it gets dicey with trying to figure out who the lead is and a lot of times in these scenes you know jules winfield he's not in as many scenes as travolta or willis but when he's in the scenes with travolta the Travolta character takes a back seat
0: to the Jules character. Exactly, almost exactly. all the... I, I think all the he time. He feels secondary. I mean, which yes, is kind of yeah. crazy. I mean, you know... He's and much it's much more submissive. John Travolta. But yeah, I mean, Samuel Jackson just takes the... He takes your attention.
2: You know so what I mean? He, he makes me think that like if he came in to talk to me, I'd be like, shit.
1: This is not going <laughs> to end
2: well. I mean, he yeah. he he plays like a true dominating badass in every scene he's in.
1: So, for those that have not seen this and I don't know where you've been uh, or what you've been wasting your time on, <laughs> it's but it's pronounced pulp fiction. Yeah. yeah. Jules Jules Winfield it for him, Mr. B. <laughs> when when need be, he's he's a hitman, right? And when need be, he's a hitman. He's you know, he has a lot of different job duties, but one of them sometimes is to exterminate a problem, right? And you know how when what you're killed you shit yourself you mentioned when the Jules Winfield character walks into a room I would shit myself pre-murder and then again after the murder uh, hey just get it out of the way just get it right, out of the way right. yeah so exactly there's gonna be a lot of dookie in those drawers but all right I got a little fun fact <laughs> for you My here Ooh, hey Mark loves fun facts a little I bit know I know he does fun all fun facts. right so The Jules character was originally scripted with a giant Afro, but the person's working for Tarantino mistakenly bought a jerry curled wig. And when they showed up, Tarantino's pissed. He's like, you got this wrong for for the Jules character. It was Samuel L. Jackson that talked Tarantino into using the jerry curled wig. He's like, no, he's like this. He's like, I think this fits the character. And man, dude, he looks awesome. so badass with oh, that haircut. Yeah. And actually, if, if drip, I drip, pic-
2: if I pictured him with a huge fro, it would it wouldn't even work. It would be too comedic. Yeah. I mean, it looked like he just was like like, no, I, like I if I could wear my hair like that, I would. Man, so I, I that would wear is- like the curly little fro, but
1: put it on the bag, baby. That is the best on camera Jerry curl that I've ever seen. The oh, second, yeah. oddly enough. Is a movie that Samuel Jackson is in as well. Coming to America, they got some badass Jerry <laughs> curls in that movie too. But, Let uh, your no. soul glow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know that we even have to talk about this movie. You could take that. You could just take the scene of Jules Winfield and Vincent Vega, which is Terrence, which is uh, uh, Travolta's character, walking into Brad's apartment and the burger. Like The trick. I mean, you could just play the audio from that scene, and there is nothing that us three idiots could say that would top that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and and that's the
1: opening scene, right? It's it's them driving
2: there. They go into the apartment. That whole thing interacting with the guys, and that like twenty minutes is all you need to see. And. Tell yeah. me you're not just amazed by the acting ability, everything involved. It's
1: You I mean, see that scene and you're like, we are in for one hell. There's going to be two more hours of this. We're yes. in for one hell of a ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's a quick question for you. Pop quiz, hot shot. Um, quiz. Best opening scene. Pulp fiction or the dark night? <sighs> Ooh, the Brad Ooh. apartment scene versus I'll, I'll, I'll the, let, the, the clown bank heist scene. That's a, oh, oh that's a coin flip. Man,
0: that is a, that's a, like, I don't even know if I can decide. I mean, I just watched Dark Knight again recently and was just blown away how good that opening scene is. Um
1: Those are two of the best opening
0: scenes. I literally don't know if I can movie. decide. Like, they're both amazing. Amazing. So, so
2: what I think is, like, you're kind of getting to uh, one's a little more dramatic and one's a little bit more intense and action. So, again, the Dark Knight, much more action-packed. The other one is very, like, again, there's not a lot of action. It's just... But
1: it's edge of your seat still.
2: It is, but it's very dramatic. I mean... Yes. like I mean, really, what's the most dramatic thing is somebody gets shot and then someone else shoots bullets at
0: him. Well, but, and if you but, talk about who, like which part has the best thought out script and lines, I probably would have to give it to Pulp Fiction because there's not yeah. really a whole lot of talking in the. No, Dark there's Night. not. You're right. It's just a lot of action. So, man, I, yeah, I got to go. Pulp Fiction, I think movies. too. I mean,
2: it's yeah. I, I, I can watch that. The first 20 minutes of that movie over and over, it's just, it's done so well. And again, Travolta and Samuel Jackson, just, they play it so well. And then actually the guys in the apartment, uh, that come in, like they kind of, they play it so well being kind of like, like aloof and stupid. Like, I mean, it, it works. Yeah. Like, would you give a guy a foot massage?
0: Fuck you! Right, right. Yeah, they threw.
1: Marcellus Wallace had his goons throw a guy off a balcony because they gave Mia Wallace a foot massage. Here's another. Here's another fun little fact here for you guys. And this, if you don't know about this already, this might blow your mind. There exists a Jules Winfield action figure. Why do we not own that? And there, I believe there is a version that actually talks. Um, <laughs> oh, like, oh, if you're please. willing to pay up, that there's a version that talks. Um, we have to order that right this I second. I think it's about 130 bucks on eBay. Uh, oh, we'll put Marcus to order that. There we right. go. Right. I'm hey, going to
2: put him ha- for they some, have some it? overtime. Oh, my Hang on. Do they have it, they have it at Sweetwater?
0: <laughs> yeah, just right, sweetwater carry it. Because if so, I will purchase it immediately. Mark's got credit there. <laughs> I, they know me. Oh, buddy! No, I mean we've
2: talked about Pulp Fiction before. Of course, it's he just he plays that role perfectly. Like, I can't picture that movie without him in it. Yeah, and and even of course the scenes later on, and you know towards the end, it's just he plays a badass perfectly without being like an overkill badass. You know, sometimes yeah. there's this like like I'm trying to be so tough. He's like he just comes across like
1: b- badass the whole time. Absolutely. So the the um, Jules Winfield action figure—he is holding a hamburger in his left hand. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind have a bite of your
0: tasty, tasty burger, burger. tasty burger?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and remember, his girlfriend's a vegetarian, so that pretty yeah. much makes him a vegetarian.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, of course. What, what was the
2: burger joint that they uh, he had that burger from?
1: It was a Hawaiian one. I can't remember. Uh, big Kahuna Burger. Big Kahuna, big Kahuna
0: Burger. Burger. That's right. That's right. Well, that is our honorary top 10 to you, Mr. Samuel Jackson. We hope you appreciated it, listeners out there in the big kid world. We hope you appreciate it and go watch yourself some Samuel Jackson. Or say what again. We're not worthy. So we love you guys. Check us out. We are The Big Kid Show. Like, subscribe. Please leave us a rating. We want to hop to the top of your list and your friends' lists. And we will check you guys next time. The Big Kid Show.
1: Peace.